Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. I'm Mike A. Race with Kyle Robertson here in the studio. It is Thursday, the 20th of February, 2020. So 220 2020 I like it. And uh, joining us by the miracle of fiber optics is uh, Jacob Myers, who's in Tucson, Arizona, with the Columbus crew of the SCs. I put too many words in that name, but I'm getting conditioned that way. <laughs> Jacob Myers, our fine beat writer. Tell us when you got to town, what's going on there, and have you seen any soccer yet? So got here early Tuesday morning. Had a lovely drive from Phoenix to Tucson and got toward the end of training there. So I've only seen them really in action last night, being Wednesday night in their second preseason game here. They played the Red Bulls. It was mostly reserves. They had two starters, or we would figure they are going to be starters in the starting 11. Nagby and Pedro Santos tied 1-1 with the Red Bulls. Derek Etienne Jr. Um, scored 33 seconds in on, like, literally New York didn't even touch the ball before the crew scored an opener so that was pretty interesting but yeah haven't gotten to see too much yet have had plenty of sit downs with some new guys including uh lucas Zellerion and um coach caleb porter fernando audi so yeah things are going swell down here can't complain with a uh, 70 degree weather hey yeah uh, thanks for bringing that up <laughs> do you have sunburn at least what's the coach saying yeah, right I- now jacob it's so strange i mean the, the rhythm of the mls season is strange to Nord Americans like myself. Is that how you say it in Spanish, yeah, Kyle? I think so. Yeah. You, you would know? No. <laughs> but no, it, it's, a, it's a different rhythm than, than the sports with which we're more familiar. They disappear for two months. Right. It's, it's not even like spring training which is con- in baseball, which is concentrated in you know Arizona and Florida. You see any baseball down there, Jacob? You know, with the day I leave, which is Friday, is the start of spring training game, so I'm a little bummed. But what um, I mean is like... ABC. These teams disperse and disappear, <laughs> and they could be anywhere. They're just looking for, you know, uh, tropical or subtropical climbs, something equatorial to, to train in. And then you have kind of no idea what's, what's really going on. And so that's why we have Jacob on from Tucson today, and we're looking forward to it. You had a talk with Caleb Porter, and what's he talking about right now? Is he, he talking about XG? <laughs> Not to the point. It's funny. You know, the very day so I got down here, they're talking about how much work they need to do on their finishing and crossing. So it felt like a little bit of a, a time warp going back in time to the beginning, really all of last year. But uh, surprise, surprise, he really likes the team, and he thinks there's quite a bit of continuity from last year, only really out of three guys, although they're huge pieces in the starting lineup. And then most of the other guys they added is depth. He's pleased with the chemistry so far. Thinks Jossie Zardes will have a bigger year with Lucas Celereon in and Milton uh, Valenzuela, who played his first 90 minutes. Hey, how does he look? In over a year. My goodness, it's been I, a long time. I, yeah. yeah, I have not watched him in person other than 15 minutes on Tuesday because he didn't play yesterday. But Saturday, I, I mean, I thought he, he looked spectacular for you know what he went through and what he's recovering from. You would have 
spot he played all of last year, the way he was playing, just serving in balls. And, you know, I, it's one thing I noticed this last night as well, Saturday. They're getting good crosses in, but not finding the strikers. And then when they do find them, they need to finish and so on, so on and so forth. But Milton looks solid, and, and I think he's more than ready for the start of the season. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Jacob, have you noticed anything with, like, the leadership group? I mean, obviously, Trap being gone, you know, there's a you know new captain. The Duma. Um, <laughs> yeah. Have you noticed anything a little bit different or kind of, you know, how the, you know, kind of the leadership and kind of how the, the captain of the ship, you know, how, how yeah, it's I kind mean, of going? Will Trap and Federico Higuain, the last two captains of the yeah. team, both have departed. That's a good question. Yeah. Saturday, Jonathan Mensa was the captain in the game, and then last night, with Nagby in the lineup as well, um, Pedro Santos was captain, which, which I thought was pretty interesting. And I mean, I kind of like when, I mean, you see, you know, he he falls over, and and even if he got fouled or not, is just kind of barking in the face of the official. I think he gives you that kind of grit on the field that you kind of like, even if it irks fans sometimes. But I just found that interesting that he was given the captain's armband over Nagby. So I don't know, maybe Porter is siding with guys who have been here a little bit, maybe just at the start of the season. Who knows how it looks in August and September. But I, when I was talking to uh, Vito Wormhor, the new center back, it, it's interesting. I mean, you see how kind of physical and maybe intimidating his presence is, but he said he's not like a guy that'll get in your face unless he really needs to say something. And that kind of sounded like Federico Higuain a bit. And I'm supposed to be talking to Darlington Nagby today. But in other interviews, and Caleb said this as well, that he's not, Darlington's not a rah-rah in your face guy. So I feel like they have a lot of those players. Uh, and I'm curious to see how that all kind of translates and, and fits in. Because, I mean, we haven't seen a ton from Jonathan Mensa as, as a leader as well. I'm not real sure what his leadership is. Well, he's is. young yet. Yeah. He's young yet. Do you have a roster in front of you, Jacob? I'm curious as to what that looks like now and whether there are any more cuts or anything like that, how that's going to take shape as we head toward March 1st here in, in 11 days. Well, yesterday they traded for a reserve goalkeeper, Andrew Tarbell from San Jose, who didn't play at all in MLS games last year, played in some U.S. Open Cup games. The year before, he was San Jose's primary goalkeeper when they finished last in the league. So, uh, but last night he got in and made four stellar saves in the second half. So I think he's really competing for the backup job there. And then you have Matt Lanson who has is nursing a bit of a knee injury right now. Uh, the club doesn't expect him to be out for, you know, more than two weeks, maybe just another week. So they ju- that's just a depth piece they brought in. And I would assume whoever is number four in the goalkeeper chart is going to be loaned out to USL. As far as the striker position, uh, their, you know, their draft pick, first round draft pick, Miguel Berry's still here. He's still unsigned. JJ Williams is not in camp right now. I'm going to try to get an answer on that today. What's going on there? Uh, he, he might be loaned out, might be something more. I'm not sure, but that's kind of how the roster is looking now. I think if, if anywhere that they need to add is depth at the defensive midfield spot, because 
as we've talked about before, just with Nagby and our tour, your backups are 18 year old Sebastian Berhalter and Aiden Morris. And last night, um, Sebastian Berhalter played, you know, pretty well. He had a key pass to spring the attack and the goal they scored. He played some in Saturday and then started yesterday with Nagby. So I, I mean, I assume that means he is the number three, um, at that position right now ahead of Aiden Morris. And then he had a red card in the, uh, 59th minute so the crowd to play with 10 men the rest of the way. So, How was that red card? Um, yeah, he just kind of went in with the tackle and uh, initially it was a hello and believe it or not they have VAR review here in preseason which I think is a little bit of a joke but it should have been it should have been a red. Just sad to see him go out but I, I think he played pretty well when he was in there. And you expect to see uh, a representative lineup on Saturday? Yeah, I think they'll get back to, this is kind of what they did last year as well because I remember I when I got down to Charleston, they played mostly reserved on Wednesday in their midweek game, um, as did New York Red Bulls last night. And don't worry, Mike, I said Red Bulls, plural, not <laughs> Red Bull. I worry about that. Saturday, yeah, they played Houston Dynamo Saturday. Uh, former crew player Nico Hansen is on that team. He actually had a goal and assist yesterday, and I, and I spoke with him, so should have something up later. Um, but, yeah, so I think they'll have a primary starting 11 um, on Saturday, which will look like Milton Valenzuela, um, Jonathan Mensa, Vito Wormhor, Harrison Offal, Nagby Artur, then from left to right, Santos, Zellerayon, Luis Diaz, and then Jossie Zardes up top with uh, Aloy Room in net. Have you gotten your eyes on Zellerayon yet? You know, just the game. I did speak with him, so we'll have something later in the week on that. Um, I've only saw him play Saturday. He was just kind of going through recovering, didn't play yesterday. Uh, since I've been here, nice guy. You know, Saturday he opened like the first 10, 15 minutes. Didn't really do a whole lot. Second half, they played Phoenix Rising, brought on some reserves, and he stayed out there. And it was clear the talent gap. He took on three guys and then just served up a, b- a ball that Gossie Zardes basically had to try to miss. Which I mean, he's he's missed those before, but I mean, you can you can see the talent. He makes a difference. He has quite the shot too. He let it couple rip from deep and yeah he's you can see the talent is there my question is just with all these new guys in how much chemistry do they have and if things go poorly from the start have they built enough to kind of dig out of it and, and find their way and I mean Zella Rayon is the number one guy you're going to look to to do that for this team. Jacob do you know if they if the crew has anything kind of planned for uh, the opening match or anything a little bit different or anything that you've kind of heard from maybe being out there? Like for the fans and stuff, yeah. Just for the opening, yeah. Is there? Well, it's Christmas, you know. Well, yeah, the, but I mean, is there anything general. else going on or anything new that they've kind of talked about or any, anything that you might know of that maybe fans might look forward to? They released some events yesterday as far as their Black and Gold Week. Uh, a few of them are closed to the public, but they're you know they're partnering with Ohio State, the Blue Jackets, and honestly, there's nothing that really stuck out to me. There's some special proclamation at the North Market that the the mayor is going to be at on Monday at 11 a.m., so see what that is. And then Friday the 28th, they're having a closed-off event media, so supporters-only event, a soft opening at their new Stadium Experience Center in the Short North. So if you're a supporter, that might be something you look to go to before you uh, kind of drink all day on the 29th and stumble on over to Montgomery. What are you trying to say there, Jacob? I'm saying that maybe it's something we're celebrating the start of the new year. It's closing in Sunday 
the 1st of March at uh, 12.30 p.m. The New York City FCs are here, Kyle. And then they have a an exhibition on Monday, probably a lot of reserves. Well, and they play tonight in the uh, CONCACAF Champions League as well. There you go. Yeah. And uh, game two is at Seattle on the 7th. Is that correct? Yeah, that'd be yeah, at Seattle. That's, that's a 10 o'clock Eastern start, Ooh, Kyle. That's when you use one of your, you know, one of your flights, right? Part of the new CBA, right? That's right. <laughs> I guess we'll just turn away and, and cast our eyes southward to Cincinnati. Well, I don't know where they are. Are they in Tucson, Jacob? They're in Bradenton, Florida at uh, IMG. Well, there, there, there you go. Bradenton, Florida. Nick Boletari, et cetera. And there's some turmoil there, uh, Jacob. We had some news this week from the Cincinnati's. Yeah, they went ahead and fired their coach, Ron Yons, who was brought in. Uh, his first game was against the crew on August 10th last year. Hell is real at Moffley Stadium. So, you know, hardly half a year. And, and he's out now after um, there was a complaint to the MLS Players Association that um, Yons used a racial slur in the locker room. And I believe he was confronted by um, players after that. And the MLS went ahead and conducted an investigation with Cincinnati or, or they said they did and ended up in his firing and the whole thing since has just been absolutely crazy to see because then the MLSPA came out and said that basically the club and Jans were trying to paint the incident in a light that wasn't accurate and basically said the club and Jans was lying about things that had happened in the incident that occurred and so I, I really am trying to gather my head around the whole thing but I mean basically it comes down as simple as this is you know racism has no place in sports and if he said this he should be gone yeah I mean you've seen how much FIFA has you know trying to eliminate you know racism with all the ads and all the stuff that they're doing so I mean in nowadays yeah you but know, that's this... all they've done they, right yeah incidents everywhere right. in Europe and they just seem to be mum about it I've I mean if I can just kind of talk you know personally about this i i've just been totally really i think it's shameful the way that fifa has been quiet about a lot of racist incidents and you know this stuff happens and obviously happens here and it's, it's sad well yeah i think a lot of it is cultural and that you know here in the states it's you know it's not acceptable at all but i mean i think in in other places you know i think it's more acceptable and you know i think fifa needs to step up some other punishments and some of the the things that they do but they are you know, I think they are trying to eliminate it, you know, trying to do as best as they can, but I don't think they are going to rule with an iron fist on everything, but that's just kind of my take on it. Plus, they're inept. Right. That's problematic. And who's next for them? Do we know anything about, about a successor for Jans? I believe, I'm going to pronounce his name incorrect, I believe it's Juan DeMay, or I, I could be mispronouncing that, but he was the interim coach after they fired right. Alan is it Cook or Cox last year? And then they hired Jans and this guy who's the interim now. They've done in the assistant staff. So, I mean, there's some, you know, there's some continuity there. But Cincinnati's made a lot of big signings yeah. this offseason. They even signed a guy uh, today who played sparingly for Ajax in, in the Netherlands. So, you know, this is, you know, they want to talk about their on-field product, how much they're improving, and then they just have this total disaster that could have been avoided. Yes, uh, the, yep. the, that's Yoan, Y-O-A-N-N, I think it is D-A-M-E, it's D as in dog, A-M-E-T. And so, turmoil in Cincinnati, it's, uh, that was supposed to be the greatest organization, you know, 
may still be. It's, it's uh, certainly well healed <laughs> and uh, has a fervent fan base, but they've had their bumps here as they've made it through their expansion season and beyond. Yeah. Already on their, well, one coach fired, third. interim, another coach hired. Third? It'll be third coach? Fired. Or, yeah. The other interim, the previous interim is now current interim and a search is on. Yep. And now striker Kyle, that's a difficult thing for a team because at, at this juncture with, uh, you know, something like 10 days before the season gets going, 10, 11 days, the coach that got fired had already basically had a hand in picking right. his team and also has begun to describe or install the system he, he wants to play. Matter of fact, it should be right. installed by now. So I imagine that's a difficult search. And, and Jacob, you can weigh in here as well because you got to find someone who, right. okay, you have these guys and they're going to play this system. I'm good with that. Let's go and... You know, they're coming off essentially a cultural problem that the next guy has to has to be very sensitive to as well. I think it's even some of like some of it is kind of similar to what happened with the crew with the ownership change and Caleb bringing in, you know, he wasn't able to sign a lot of the players and make the the wholesale changes that he wanted, you know, until after the season. But with a, you know, an interim coach who has been there and was probably there for the install and kind of how things are going. I wouldn't say it's going to be like a seamless transition, but I think it'd be pretty, well, you, you gotta, know. You're going to find someone. Right, yeah. I don't yeah, know where, I mean, don't know where yeah, the process I mean, is. Yeah, but I mean, I think for now, I mean, they should be in pretty good shape. I mean, I wouldn't think the, the assistant coach's philosophies are, are that much different right. from John's at, at, you know, at, at first. But, I mean, you know, it could be something where they kind of just see how the team is and how they're doing and kind of make a kind of a, a decision later on if they can find someone who can kind of fit and mold this team kind of like how it's already how it's already been built or do you kind of just let the guy go and see what happens yeah and the rhythm of a, of the major league soccer year this is a tough time yeah to, to have a coaching search i imagine i think they should just let their interim yeah. be there for you know the whole year I mean, look at the you know what did they do middle of this year i think a lot of people had red flags about their initial coach who came over from usl to mls just in terms of getting the on-field product what they needed it to be to compete in MLS. I mean, at this point, and look where it got them after that. They, you know, still finished in far in last place. So what good did that really do? I just feel like at this point, you've had an assistant, now interim coach, who's been there the whole time, probably knew the profiles of these players and why they were looking at them. Right. Have them run the show, see what happens. And speaking of style, or segue there, is Caleb happy now? Does, does he have his system all the way in and are the xgs rising yeah crossing and finishing is i think still an issue they're trying to figure out um but he i did specifically ask him about the style he does think they have players now who more cater to what they what they specifically want he said and, and i believe sunday we're gonna um run a q a for my interview with him and he said that last year it felt like they kind of catered a little bit to the group and that they, they had midfielders that can control the game, but maybe not in the exact way that they wanted. And Lucas and Darlington, they feel like, uh, can do that now. And certainly I think Luis Diaz affected that a little bit too. And just in terms of how quickly he can get up the field, they didn't have guys like that when he got in here. So maybe that he seemed to indicate that that also influenced, you know, he did want to change the style, but he is changing it maybe even more to a counter-attacking and, and counter-pressing style and still with some possession in the back, but definitely once once they get into the, the attack, they are flying. He did that yesterday, uh, Pedro Santos leading the charge. So 
yeah, I think that's primarily what you're going to see is once they get into the half, they're just going to sprint to the finish. Let's uh, change gears real quick before we get to your cat burglar incident. <laughs> I, I want to talk briefly now, and we'll get into into this a little more next week, Jacob, but what is the cream of this league right now? And what is the parity? Kyle way in as well. It seems that the incubator inventor of soccer seems to be uh, Atlanta seems to be the team to pick every year. It seems it seems that way again this year. You know, the Red Bulls are in the mix. People are talking about sporting Kansas City this year and, and of course you can't count out Seattle or, or Portland. LAFC. Yeah, don't forget the LA's. Yeah, and DC's on the come in New York City FC. Those are the teams that uh, is, is it the same? Are those the, the, the best teams in the league right now? How do you see things, Jacob? I think the LA's for sure. I mean, I mean, just you know, on their face, look at what um, LAFC did last year. And they did lose some big players, like a Walker Zimmerman was traded to Nashville. Lee Wynn was went in the expansion draft. He was a, a pretty important piece. But they also added, you know, Bradley Wright Phillips as as a backup from Red Bulls. So it's, look, they have Carlos Vela, Brian Rodriguez. They added last year. His, I think has a lot of potential to play in Europe at one point. And, yeah, their front three is just by far and away the best in MLS. And LA Galaxy, all the changes they made, Chicharito obviously is exciting. And, I mean, there there's a lot of conversation. In, is LA Galaxy going to be better with or without Zlatan? And, I mean, I'm, I think I'm in the camp of they're better without, especially the pieces they added. I think they're just going to be able to really be a better defense. They were terrible on defense last year, and, and they have plenty of offensive pieces to get done. But in terms of the East, I think if you're the crew, you're looking at this as pretty wide open. I mean, Atlanta, I think, is probably still your top dog, and, and New York City FC as well. A lot of talent back for them. But also Atlanta lost Julian Gressel, um, so that's a piece they have to uh, replace. DC United lost Wayne Rooney, and they have to um, replace him. So you know, the the crew, I think, have added the most, as they always plan to, added the most solid pieces to their starting lineup where others have just kind of been fluctuating between big pieces lost and, and big pieces gained. So I think the East is pretty wide open. I, I'm not sure how you see it, Kyle. Yeah, I think, I think the crew's right up there. I think it's kind of depending upon how they connect kind of early on and see if they kind of get a couple wins under the belt and kind of use that movement and kind of, you know, see how the summer kind of turns out. But I think, yeah, I, I think crew fans should be pretty pretty stoked for this team. And I think if you look at the actual team, the depth and the players, I could, you know, you could argue that this is the most talented team, you know, from 1 through 18 that they've ever had, you know. But then, you know, how do they mix? How do they, you know, play together? And how do they play with Caleb's system? And, I mean, that's just my thoughts. Is there a team that's that's going to – I think the crew's going to sneak up on some yeah. some people this year – I think Minnesota might as well. Jacob, who do you see as, as some kind of sleepers? And you can include the locals if you wish. Yeah, I think, you know, given my shield prediction <laughs> last year, I, I think I'll 
come down expectations a bit, but I absolutely think the crew should make a playoff, and I don't think uh, most of us would be surprised if they competed for a home field advantage in the first round there, but in terms of other sleepers, I mean, Sporting Kansas City adding Alan Polito from Guadalajara and Liga MX is a huge addition. I think you're right, Mike, with Minnesota, looking at them last year, obviously an exciting team last year. I, I think they'll be able to build on that. Philadelphia, I'm, yeah. you know, losing Harris Majunin, who went to, he was a big part of that midfield, although he didn't, he wasn't, you know, a primary goal scorer at all, but they, they still have plenty of players there. I mean, just kind of looking through transactions, I think, you know, New England Revolution, the way they played down the stretch last year, you, they, they could be a contender for having um, home field advantage as well. They, they are finally getting some investment from the Kraft family there. And, I mean, to be honest, they're an expansion roster, but Inter-Miami has added some massive, massive pieces that... Be careful how you use the word massive, yeah. <laughs> Shield. Some big pieces. How about that? My my lexicon isn't too strong, but Rodolfo Pizarro yeah. they added from Monterrey. He will be one of the top goal scorers in this in this league this year, I think. So yeah, I think those are the teams that I look at as who could possibly sneak up. I think you gotta watch FC Dallas. I think they're kind of sneaky good. You just gotta watch them. Yeah, the Hunt's got a little taste of uh, some, <laughs> yeah. some some thick. They got a, a few extra bucks in their pocket yeah. for the Chiefs. So they took the Sounders to uh, extra time in the playoff yeah. last year in right. the first round. So. And, of course, Miami and Nashville joined the league this year, and so that's we're up to 26 teams now. And lastly, I want to ask you, Jacob, about why, pray tell, are you breaking into press boxes? Yeah, it's funny. I figured this might happen, which is I went through all the stops last night going out of the press box toward the crew locker room for interviews after the game, and I had asked someone, hey, I'm le- can I leave my stuff up here? He's like, oh, yeah, it'll be totally fine. You know, 45 minutes later, I didn't expect it to take that long. Um, of course, no, not a soul is there. The lights off in the press box, doors locked. So I was like, well, I, I got to find some way. Maybe find a big rock to throw through the window, or to just come back early in the morning. I was able to open the window from the outside, and you know, kind of get up on hands and knees. To, you know, Mission Impossible in there to to rescue the goods. Mission Impossible. <laughs> so. You you have a Tom Cruise like physique? Is that? <laughs> I wonder if the yeah, music if I can was look, playing. If I, if I if I can look as good as Tom Cruise at fifty, I, I think we're we're all in good shape. You're almost there, Mike. Patrick, Patrick, please drop in the music here. Donna. All right, and that's, you might have to pay for that. That's it. Uh, I mean, we're we're kind of uh, yeah. we're winding down here. We'll have much more next week, Jacob. We'll get some questions from the good people next week. Yes. Jacob uh, will be will be filling up the uh, the newspaper and the, and the internet with uh, with his story. So visit dispatch.com. Jacob has a new uh, Twitter handle, I think, and you can see pictures of his his various felonious activities. I think if if you, Jacob, what's your new handle? At underscore JC Myers. Oh, he got rid of an underscore. I don't know. You like that? And the 2-5. And that's uh, at KRobPhoto there, uh, at the Podfather 2. I'm at Michael A. Race 1. Thank you very much for joining us on this edition of the Speakeasy. Patrick, where can you find this thing? You want to put your microphone on and tell everyone where they can where they can find all the fine podcasts that you produce here at the Dispatch. So here at the Dispatch, we have a podcast page that's dispatch.com slash podcast. And then you can subscribe wherever you listen to your other podcasts on Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn. Spotify, and everywhere else. Multiple platforms. Wow. And that's it, Patrick. Kick us out of here.
just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.